happy Sabbath. My name is Isabella, and this is my last year being an adventure. And I must admit, I'm a little scared to move up to Pathfinders. I mean, they actually have to do work to get honors. <laughs> we kind of just show up, do a little work, and we play a lot. But what brings me comfort is that I know that I will have guides to help me. My Pathfinder guides will show me the way, and when I fall, they will pick me up. I know that they will never leave me, so I'm not afraid. This year, the theme for adventures is the Bible is my guide. In the same way that I know that I will be safe with my Pathfinder guides, I know that God has left us his word to guide us in our lives. It's a map to keep us safe and to show us the way. Pray with me as I ask for blessings over my words. Heavenly Father, thank you for the holy book that you have left us. May we forever cherish it. I pray that you may speak through myself and the other kids as we deliver your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My favorite stories are the stories of my family long ago in Ecuador. My great-grandmother became a Seventh-day Adventist with her siblings behind her father's back. Her dad, my great-great-grandfather, was a very stern man, and they were afraid of how he would react. She read the Bible and worshipped secretly on Sabbaths for years. And when he finally found out, he became very angry. He was very hard on my great-grandmother and didn't want anything to do with her. Didn't want any. God is good. Yeah. One day he found her Bible and was very angry to see it. See it. However, something kept telling him to get a little closer. He looked around and he picked it up. Ugh. He scorned, but his fingers were light as feathers as he flipped through it, getting ready to slam it shut. But his fingers stopped, and curiosity made him read the page he opened. It said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. When he read this, he stopped. He realized that the very book he was holding was the truth. He started telling people about this wonderful book that had changed his life and the God he would meet because of it. He, start, he was one of the early pioneers spreading the gospel throughout all of Ecuador. He was highly persecuted as going against the common religion was against the law in those days. But that never stopped him from sharing the good news. He died at the age of 105, and to his last day, he would tell of that wonderful book that was his guide and that lit his path. Now, those words that my great-great-grandfather read are found in our Bible in 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17, and were written by the Apostle Paul, where he is encouraging Timothy, another believer, believer as he is traveling and preaching the gospel.
He reminds Timothy that the Holy Scriptures contain wisdom, that God's word is there to correct us when we fail and we fall, and to train us in righteousness, keeping us from sin. These are the instructions left for us so that we may be able to carry out the good work of spreading the gospel. Just like my great-great-grandfather, Julio, who embraced these words, I invite you all, from all of you adults to all my friends in adventures, to read your Bibles every day and to let God's word be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. My name is Raul Perez. I am 10 years old. Today, I will be talking to you about the topic of guidance, life guidance, spiritual guidance, trusted guidance, reliable guidance. The Bible is a guide. It is my guide, both physically and emotionally. Physically, like how God puts me in the right place at the right time to help people in need, whether they be sad, lonely, sick, or all three. Emotionally, like when I'm going through a tough time. For example, like when my pet lizard died recently, or when I almost lost my life. Yes, it's true. There was a time where I could have lost my life. In every moment, God has proved to have the ability to guide me. The reason why I mention God is because the Bible is God's word. And just as John 1 verse 1 says, the word is God. I go to the word, to God, through all these moments. When I was four years old, I was playing at a friend's house when I noticed a sandwich on the counter. I was really hungry, and most of you who know me, you know that I'm allergic to all nuts and all seeds. This is the story of how my parents found this out. So, I see this plate of sandwiches on the kitchen counter, and I go up to it, and I get on my tippy toes, and I reach for a sandwich. I took the tiniest bite that my little four-year-old mouth could fill, and boom, immediately I broke out in hives and began to violently vomit. This was my arch enemy, my nemesis, a peanut butter sandwich. My face was so swollen that I looked like I got in a fight with Mike Tyson. Luckily, my mom administered a medicine called epinephrine and then called 911. The ambulance, fire trucks, and police cars all showed up in no time. When we arrived at the ER, as my mother held me in her arms, a doctor came and practically ripped me out of her arms and threw me on a stretcher. And as she turned around to see where I was, he was working on my breathing as nurses pushed the stretcher to a room. When my mom caught up with us, she begged the doctor if she could just get on the stretcher and hold me. The room soon filled with all kinds of medical machinery, but by the time my dad arrived, he couldn't even enter the room. He wasn't allowed. So we stood outside, watching, praying, and crying. And all my mom could do was pray and recite Bible scriptures softly in my ear. They must have been so worried. As God's mercies came over me, and hours later, when my respiratory system started to work again, I could feel the swelling come down, and anxiety got less and less. I finally got released from the hospital late that night, and mom and dad took me home, and they saw this as nothing short of God's miracle. A year and a half later, as my mother and I were on our usual afternoon stroll, a police officer stopped us. The female officer introduced herself to my mother and asked whether I was the child who went to the hospital over a year ago due to an anaphylactic attack. 
My mother responded in confusion with yes. The officer proceeded to explain to my mother that she was the one in the hot police car who escorted the ambulance to the hospital that day. When she saw me alive and thriving, she cried and told my mom that it was the worst case that she was ever called for that involved a child, and she wasn't sure whether I would make it or not after leading us to that hospital. She cried tears of joy and got on her knees and gave me a high five, and my mother and her hugged so tightly. You see, my life has been mapped out, and I used my personal navigation system to move me through it. I see this awful incident and experience in my life as an example of how God used the Bible to be my guide. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Not only am I able to stand here and tell you my story today, but I was also able to minister to this officer just by being a living example. For all I know, she may not even have known Jesus. Through this experience, God coordinated a divine appointment and we were able to bump into her once again. You can see how God used me in your life, right? I have learned that when I am lost without my guide, I am misguided and I end up taking the long route when I go off track. Psalms 32 verse eight says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye upon you. Emmanuel, he is always with me. Jehovah Rapha, my heavenly healer, he has and continues to prove to me that he is real and I could look to him for healing, for comfort, and for hope. I'm grateful that I have the Bible as my guide and as a direct connection to God. I pray today and always that you will all have the same convictions also. Would you please bow your heads so I can pray for all of you? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this wonderful Sabbath that we're able to have. Thank you for these opportunities that you that you give us to really for us to really notice that how um, amazing of a guide you are, Lord. Until that glorious day where you all, for you free us all from the grip of death, please help us all to be great missionaries for you and spread the gospel. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. This time I will be talking about the Bible as our guide. Elon Musk is an excellent rocket builder. Why? Because he did something no one has ever done before. He built a reusable rocket. He also owns SpaceX, which is a rocket company. When Elon Musk sends a rocket up to space, he sends cargo to the ISS, which is short for International Space Station. For Elon Musk to be successful, he has to follow Newton's first, second, and third laws of motion. For Elon Musk, uh, if Elon obeys these laws, he can get into space, but if he doesn't follow the laws, he will not get into space. There are other rules that Elon Musk has to follow. One, he has to build a strong, reusable rocket. He built his out of steel alloy. His astronauts have to wear a spacesuit. Elon Musk also had to do certain checks on the rocket to make sure it could fly. In the same way that Elon Musk and astronauts need instructions to get into space, we need to follow instructions to get into heaven. Instructions come from the Bible. 
We need the Bible to get into heaven. Some of the instructions from the Bible are to be kind, loving, and helpful. One day, I was building a red car for my Lego set I got for my birthday. It had a lot of instructions to follow to build it, but if I didn't follow the instructions, I wouldn't have finished the Lego set, and I would not have built the red car. But I did follow the instructions, and I finished my red car, and then I got to play with it. And just like the Lego set, you have to follow the instructions in the Bible. The Bible also helps us to make a covenant with Jesus. A covenant is a promise. We promise to always be nice to people and be helpful. Moses was a good leader and he followed God's instructions. But when they were about to go into the promised land, the people wanted water. Moses got angry at all the fussing and he struck the rock and God told him he couldn't, couldn't go into the promised land. I learned from this story to always follow God's instructions. If Elon Musk doesn't follow the instructions, he will hurt somebody. If we don't follow the instructions, we break our covenant with God and people can get hurt too. But if we make a mistake, God will forgive us and then we should make right choices again. The Bible is our guide. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. So today, let us be like David in Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5. When he said, Show me your Savior, no, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. One afternoon, in late August in 2020, I was sitting on the couch with my mom. I was shaking and crying because I was so upset about my school situation. Wait, you ask, isn't Ezekiel homeschooled? Well, yes, sort of. I have always been semi-homeschooled, but some years I do have classes in person one or two days a week. At least I did before COVID. Also before COVID, I had Christian teachers in person. The subjects were taught from a biblical worldview. Before that school year started, my mom had applied for me to transfer programs back to the full-time homeschool option. We were warned by the enrollment department that being granted a transfer was unlikely. There was a long waiting list. So, like many of my friends, I had to do a lot of online work. Google Meets, Zoom, online homework submission via Canvas, etc. And like, like many students, I faced numerous challenges. For example, one of my teachers would send us homework assignments, expecting us to fill in our answers and responses. But that was impossible. She would send us files in read-only format. That was only one of the multiple frustrations with my program that semester. That was a minor annoyance compared to what came next. That afternoon, I was sitting on the couch. I was struggling to figure out how to avoid my next assignment. The topic was early humans. No, not Adam and Eve. It was Neanderthals, Lucy, Darwin, and evolution. This was way more annoying than being expected to edit a read-only document. 
I sat there, crying in my frustration. My mom prayed, I prayed, I emailed my Sabbath school teacher, Chris Johnson, and I emailed Pastor Sam, asking them both to pray for the, about this. I wasn't sure what to ask for other, for than, other than for God to change my school situation. Later that day, my mom received a phone call from the lady in the enrollment department. She said, I have a spot for Ezekiel in the Riverside Homeschool Program. I was so excited. And, and then my mom heard the lady say, wait, how did this happen? You're not even near the top of the waiting list. My mom told, my mom told her that, my mom told her this was a miracle and that we had been praying about this. We later found out that there was a 5,000 student waiting list spread across multiple counties. I pray about everything big or small. I pray about things I could probably figure out myself and I definitely pray about things that are way outside my control. I'm so thankful I was able to switch programs that year. I am reminded that God's promises are never broken. At the same time, my, my, mo my mom and I were praying, and while I was emailing Teacher Chris and Pastor Sam, the enrollment lady was emailing my mom, offering me a spot in the homeschool program. She called my mom about two hours later to ask if we had read the email yet. Isaiah 65, verse 24 says, Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Hey guys, happy Sabbath. My name is Jocelyn Sanchez, but everybody calls me JJ, so you can call me that too. Um, and I'm part of the Ranger class. Um, I hope you guys enjoy my testimony. Okay, I thought I'd start out with a prayer. Okay, please bow your heads. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you because we are here worshiping all together after two years. This is a very special moment for all of us here. Please bless those who are speaking, including myself. Amen. Amen. Okay. Have you guys ever had a pet before? Well, since I was little, I've grown up with different types of pets. I've grown up with dogs, birds, chameleons, fish, chinchillas, and a bearded dragon. When I was about four years old, I got my first dog. Although I already had two dogs, I was happy that I had gotten a dog that I could say was mine. And I named her Lula. I got very close to her, and a couple months after I had gotten her, she started bleeding internally due to a fall she had. Unfortunately, I couldn't do anything about it, and I had to put her to sleep and let her go. A year passed, and during that year, I cried and wrote letters to God, begging him to give Lula back to me. I wished I had, I wish I had another dog like the dog named Lula I had before. I begged my parents to buy me another dog, but they kept saying no. But but my parents, but when I was seven, I got an amazing surprise. It was Christmas Eve and I was in my parents' room and my parents called me out and told me to look under the tree. I looked and saw a white puppy under the tree in a small box. I took care of her and named her Lula, just like the first dog named Lula, who was very special to me. I, I was very happy. Fast forward a couple years. When I was nine, my house got termites and my family and I, I had to move out to get out of the house since we had get out of the house. And since we had pets, we had to move them to different places. Some went to my uncle's house, and my dog Lula and my sister's dog Daisy went to our friend's house to be taken care of. Before she went, I packed Lula her food and her leash and everything she would need, and even put, her, put a dress on her that was black with cheetah spots on it. 
It was March 24, 2017, when I dropped her off to stay for a couple days until the termite situation was over. That night at around 9 p.m., my dad received a call from the family that was taking care of Lula and told us that she had run away. I was devastated because I didn't want to lose my dog again like I had before. My family and I headed to where she last was and searched until 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., then went home. I was extremely sad because I didn't find her. The family who had my dog, who, who had my dog told my dad she saw a car and took off. My dog was a really fast runner, so she wasn't able to get caught. I don't remember this because it was a long time ago, but my parents told me I went into the middle of the street and asked God to return Lula to me and cried. I went to bed sad, and my dad said, we'll look for her as soon as we wake up. At 7 a.m., we left the house and went to look for her. We, post we posted posters, and nobody had called us yet. We searched, but nothing. She got lost in the Loma Linda area where coyotes come down and look for food. I knew that if a dog were to get lost, it would be hard to find them again. I started realizing that she probably wasn't going to come home anymore. She got lost on a Friday night, and the next day, which would be Saturday, I was supposed to sing with my singing group, Kids for Christ, at my former church between 11.30 and 12. And I was like, I'm not going to sing if I don't find her, you know, it's sad. <laughs> so, My dad and sister went looking while my mom and I went to look for her somewhere else. At around 10.15 a.m., my dad called my mom and said a lady had just seen a dog that had a black dress on with some spots on her dress. And I thought, I think that's her. My dad told my mom that the dog she had seen had just run towards a field that was really, that had really tall grass and was all bushy. We headed there and I was really happy that it could be her. As we got there, I got a leash and ran towards the field. I called her name, but nothing. Then a couple of seconds after, I saw something jumping through the tall grass. I called her name, and then I saw something jumping again. I called again, and then I saw something running towards me this time through the field. And there she was, jumping up and down, so excited. I was so happy that I had found her. We got, brought, we got her, and I brought her to church with me and sang. Once I finished, I went home and spent time with her, and she was so tired, like extremely tired. Let me tell you, Lula has been through a lot. Apart from getting lost in 2017, during the pandemic in 2020, I started noticing she started to not want to eat, wouldn't move, and she didn't, she didn't come when she was called. As the days passed, I noticed her stomach started to get really bloated. I didn't notice for a couple days since she just hid under the bed. I started worrying because she wasn't eating or drinking water. I then talked to my parents and they knew something was really wrong. On July 17, 2020, my mom took her to the doctor. When she came home, she told me that Lula had a tumor in her uterus that was bigger than a tennis ball, and she needed to have surgery as soon as possible, and she only had a 10% chance of survival. This time, I was mad, because I, did, I was already so close to losing her a couple years back, I didn't want to lose her. That night, I spent time with her and wondered if it was going to be my last night with her. The next day, July 18th, a Saturday, she went into surgery. I was at church and I was hoping she would make it. I knew if she made it and if the next couple of days she were to be in pain, I would put her down because I didn't want her to go through something so horrible. As the day was coming to an end, the doctor called my dad and said she had survived the surgery and had come out well, but they wanted to keep her overnight to make sure she was okay to go home. The next day they called and said she was ready to go home. I was happy that she had survived and was doing well. She came home and had about eight stitches across her stomach. 
so we had to be careful that our stitches wouldn't rip. She thankfully recovered well. She also has had bronchitis twice and has gotten through that too. So she really has been through a lot. Right now she is healthy and is going on nine years old this year. Even though she has been through a lot, I thank God for taking care of her and for answering my prayers. Sometimes God answers prayers in ways we don't like, but he knows it's for the best. He will listen and will answer. All he wants you to do is ask. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, meaning that he will answer our prayers. How do I know this? Well, he answered my prayers, so I'm pretty sure he'll answer yours too. My name is Jared McComb. My story of when I felt closest to God happened when I was about nine years old, long before COVID. It when we were hiking in, there was a very narrow part in the trail we were hiking on. Right at the narrow part, I took a wrong step and slid down a very steep, long slope with my heavy pack on. I slid quite a ways till I finally stopped. I looked down and saw that I was near a drop-off with some very spiky plants at the bottom of it. I was very scared. I started to pray that the Lord would bring me through that situation safely. As I said that prayer, I felt closer to Christ than I ever did feel before. Within a few minutes, my dad was able to get me back up on the trail, and ever since that day, I've always treated my time with God a whole lot more seriously than I did before that fall. It is this experience and learning about the life of the author of the song Amazing Grace that has made this song have personal meaning for me and connection to this incident. John Noon is the man who wrote the song Amazing Grace. Before he wrote this song, he was an aggressive and demanding captain of a slave trading ship. He was drunk most of the time. One day, he found a copy of a book called Imitation of Christ, and he started reading it. As he read, it made him start to consider his spiritual depravity. Soon after this, his ship entered an extremely rough storm that lasted for two days and nights. He and his crew fought desperately to keep the ship afloat. As the ship started to break apart, he cried out to God in desperation. God suddenly showed him how bad his character had become. John asked for forgiveness and made peace with God. After that, the storm started to calm and then was gone. When he returned to land, John was a changed man. My experience was not as extreme as John Noon's, but I find similarities in my story to his. My brother may say I exaggerated the situation a little bit. 
But at nine years old, it felt very dramatic to me. That fall caused me to say a prayer that brought me closer to God than, than I'd ever felt before. And it has deepened my personal relationship with God ever since that day. Good morning and happy Sabbath. Uh, my name is Chloe Penelope Montalvo and I'm a guide in Pathfinders. So I'm gonna start with the Bible verse this time. It's uh, Colossians 3.12, one that we read uh, just a bit earlier. It says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, the first thing I thought about when reading this Bible verse was, you know, they put the word clothe in there. And when I think of the word clothe, I think of like actual clothes and like, you know, designers, you know, like any other normal person. Um, so, you know, I think of like Louis Vuitton and Gucci and like Prada and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, women and, you know, some men are generally known as shoppers, you know? Um, they always like to look good, pick out the best outfits, you know, look better than everybody else, right? And I'm gonna be completely honest, I'm not that different. Um, I really like clothes and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, something that I find kind of interesting about this is that, you know, when thinking about clothes, you know, I could go to my nearest mall and I could find like Gucci and Prada and all this, but I can't find kindness, patience, humility. Like, it, life would be so much easier if we could just walk into Nordstrom's Rack right now and say, oh, I'll have a small amount of patience and a medium amount of kindness. Like, life would be infinitely easier. But life isn't fair, so we have to deal with that. Um, <laughs> but something that always looks good on us, no matter what we're going through or what situation we're in is the attributes, the list of attributes that mark us as Christians. Um, and, you know, God is asking us to close ourselves with um, patience, humility, kindness, compassion, all these great things. But I'm going to be completely honest once again. Who really wants to wear humility? You know, to be humble is such a huge thing, you know? And as humans, um, we do commit sin sometimes. So, you know, sometimes we do wanna feel better than that one girl at school who's always wearing makeup. Sometimes we do wanna be more athletic than that popular jock everyone's talking about. Um, but that's not really what we're meant to do. Um, and, you know, it is possible to do this, to be the best version of us that we can be, but doing it all on our own is quite literally impossible. Um, in order to actually be successful in this, we have to ask God for help and we have to pray to him. Otherwise, we're not gonna get anywhere. And you know, when you're a good person, you're showing the world that you are God's child, that you do have a purpose in this life, 
that you do want to make the world a better place. And just by praying and putting in that little extra effort to be a good person and to do what God is calling you to do is just all the more rewarding for both you and God. I mean, think about like how God would react if he saw you doing exactly what he told you to. God would be overjoyed with happiness. And honestly, I just want nothing more than for him to be happy with me. Um, so I'm going to um, close with the Bible verse, and then I also want to close with uh, prayer, too. So the Bible verse, once again, Colossians 3.12. I suggest you bookmark this, because this is a really good one. Um, it says, as God's, chosen, as God's chosen, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'm going to close with a word of prayer because God's working in my life right now. And I probably won't ever be speaking in front of a church again. So I got to make the best of it right now. So. (laughs) All right, here we go. Bow your heads, please. Dear Jesus. Wow, it has been a heck of a day for the Pathfinders. Uh, But um, thank you for giving us this opportunity to, you know, rule the church for a day, um, to take control of the church for a day. It really has been a blessing. Um, Thank you for all of the great testimonies that we've heard today. And just thank you for the beauty that you have really brought to this community and this church. Um, It truly is a blessing to be a witness to all of this. Please uh, be with the Tamaleo family as they grieve for their loss. And please be with the people of Ukraine in their war with Russia. And we pray that um, you just be with everyone in this room today and let your spirit enter them. And let us be the best people that we can be for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.